This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And we're going to have so much fun today. I say that every time, but we do. We always have so much fun because today we're going to be talking about Twitter. And talking about that with us is the fabulous Tara Jacobson. So, welcome, Tara. Hey, Deb. So excited to be here. Yay, yay. So before we go any further, though, I have to tell people just a little bit about you. Now, here's the funny thing. Tara is in Colorado. I am in Atlanta. We have never met. Once again, we have the beauty, the glory of social media where we met online. And that's the only place we've ever talked. So see, it works, folks. This is why you do this. Okay, so I digressed. Tara Jacobson is a sales and marketing speaker author, and coach that you will not forget. She brings with her a true hands-on sales, goal-setting, and marketing strategy focus, yet energizes her audience with full-on content and interactive participation. And she has a much longer bio, but that's just going to get us started in this conversation. So again, Tara, welcome. Welcome, everybody. It's so fun. I don't know that I've been on tons of podcasts and I've done webinars and things like that, but I think this may be my first radio show. Very cool. Very cool. So it's like you're a radio virgin. I know, right? (laughs) Well, let's talk. We're going to talk Twitter. And I think in many cases, we're going to be talking to Twitter virgins. Now, do they still call them twergens? I don't know. (laughs) heard that one time. But we are really going to talk about Twitter because it is one of those platforms that is, in my opinion, so important, but so underutilized. And I'm saying that from experience, it is the very first social media platform that I used. My good friend, Gina Shrek said, oh my gosh, you have got to get on social media and you've got to get on Twitter. And this was, you know, four or five years ago, probably even longer ago than that. And my eyes crossed and I looked at her like, what the heck are you talking about? And she finally convinced me. She got me on Twitter and I was sold. I just thought it was the greatest thing. And then I did what so many people have done. I found Facebook. And so I stopped tweeting and I only tweet now you know, I, I try and send out something at least once a day. So at least it's not this desolate wasteland there on my Twitter page. But 
Tara, tell us why, because you love Twitter. So tell us why you love Twitter. And then we talk, we want to talk about why it's so important for business. Okay. So I could spend our entire hour waxing eloquent about why I love Twitter. Um, first off, I would say the number one reason is because I, I use social media very much for business. I use it to connect with people. I love the fact that you and I are friends, air mm -hmm. quotes, even though we haven't met, but, but in actuality, my, um, my life is crazy busy. And so social media allows me to have a marketing presence, allows me to connect with people, allows me to meet new people that I would never have a chance to meet. Mm -hmm. And Twitter, as opposed to Facebook, is connecting with more often than not the actual person. Right. Okay. Because I have, let's see, today I talked to Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was doing his meerkat show and it's hooked to Twitter. Um, and so, so there's, there's an opportunity. It's a very, like, you're not going to be talking to them in real in-depth conversations, but what I do with it, and we'll talk more about this, I'm sure as we go, but I am a total fangirl for people. Um, let's see, Chris Brogan, fangirl mm -hmm. for Chris Brogan. And so what I do with Twitter is not only am I trying to market my business and to show my viewpoint, but it gives me the ability to share other people's stuff and and then they notice because they get a notification that mm -hmm. says Tara has shared this. So for me, it is the easiest way to to connect with any sort of authority person that you're looking to have a relationship with, not just like get their attention, because if you do it once, they're not going to notice. Right. But if you if you really become a fangirl, fan guy, whatever you want to call it, they they really know that you are a supporter, that you're in their court and that you're there to support them for the long haul. So when you do start doing that, they start tweeting your things. Mm -hmm. And that's when the power and the and the everybody says that Facebook and I I I am not a Facebooker. I have a Facebook account um, and I have the maximum number of people and I use it. I just did a Facebook ad today. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that I think that it is actually the platform where you're going to have the most uh, benefit. Right. I think that it's very, um, it is nice. It's longer, of course. It's longer than 140 characters. But it's also, I feel, way less impersonal. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's, it, it's funny because Facebook used to be much more personal. And I think that was really how they designed it was, it was to be these people interacting with people. Well, then maybe it outgrew its britches, as my grandmother would say, because it got to be so big. And, and you know, one of the things you talked about was the fact that, you know, on, on Facebook, you know, if, if it's you and me, it probably is you and me. But if it's somebody that's at a, a higher professional level, in many cases, they have hired somebody to do it. And and that's, in many cases, what happens with a fan page. Um, you know, I post for businesses. I know you post for businesses. You know, a lot of people do things like that. And, and so it's not that specific business owner or that person who's doing that. And you're right, it does come back to, to the fact on Twitter, and maybe it's because it's short, it's sweet, you can do it from your phone very quickly. People are 
managing their own Twitter accounts. And and so when you connect with a Gary V or now I have to admit this, I have a celebrity who followed me. Who followed you? Okay, are you ready? Yes. David Hasselhoff. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no idea why i mean it was just the funniest thing and it is his his verified account and for people who are not on twitter or aren't on it an awful lot uh twitter verifies that if it is a person of a certain stature um you know whether it's a politician a sports figure uh you know an industry leader like a gary v or you know somebody like that twitter verifies that it is them who is doing the tweets you know i think at one point there were like 500 britney spears accounts out there you know some things like that so so if you see that blue check mark that means that it is verified and so yes the blue check marked david hasselhoff father <laughs> follows me who knows why? But you know, it was. But it, but if I paid attention to that, I you know I looked at that when holy cow he follows me and you know and and it's it's kind of fun when stuff like that happens because it you're, it is exactly what you said. It's that person who who you have connected with, right? And and the thing to me that makes sense about that is he's a person who needs to be an authority. He probably has marketing needs and at mm -hmm. some point in time one of your little tweets that you sent out in the universe I always think of them as breadcrumbs like right. everything I do is a little breadcrumb around the internet mm -hmm. and so you don't know it might have been that you tweeted something and and I guess for me also with the Twitter the frequency and, and we will swing back around to that mm -hmm. the frequency for me is so high that I can tweet a variety of things and more so than I can on Facebook and right. that way I can attract different people so mm -hmm. maybe you know I like I we were laughing I went to the bunny house with my um, middle daughter the other day and so I posted a picture of bunnies and then bunnies followed me mm -hmm. and and so they would never have followed marketing Tara right but they'll follow bunny Tara Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I go through these spurts, and I have no idea what causes this, where I gain a whole bunch of rap artists. <laughs> and you know, I'm like, okay, have you not looked at my profile picture? Because it is my profile picture. So here's this little, you know, not mature, but not youngster, right? <laughs> little, little face with red hair. And I'm thinking, and why did these rap artists follow me? Because when I go to their tweets, I'm like, oh, okay, there's that language that I don't like. But for some reason, they like me. And but you're you're so right in the fact that somewhere I posted something that they found value in. Right, exactly. And that's, that's the it. key. So, you know, one of the things, let's just let's talk content and frequency right now because I don't post a lot on Facebook because I am you know and by a lot I mean you know I post maybe four or five times a day depends on the day sometimes more sometimes less because I don't want to inundate the people that are there but on Twitter people post lots more so what have you found to be a good number to post and and we're going to to really tell people because they're going to panic when they hear these numbers that it's not that difficult. Um, but what do you find for is, is good for frequency? So I have to tell you, I got invited to a beta test, mm -hmm. um, which for your listeners that aren't as in the marketing world, um, a beta test means that somebody's developed a software and they let you try it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I got invited to try this beta test. It seemed okay. And then they said you could spy on people. 
Ooh. And so it's really, really cool. Um, so I picked a few people. So I don't know if you know Grant, Grant Cardone. He is a um, sales guy. Okay. Jeff Bulis is a huge mm-hmm. marketing guy. And then right. Ted Rubin is a really mm-hmm. sweet guy. Just right. really nice guy. So three mm-hmm. guys. I put them in there. And I thought I was tweeting a lot. Okay. I was tweeting like four or five times a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's good. Jeff Bulis, who is a huge Twitter, has grown his business using it, mm-hmm. tweets 112 times a day. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy talk. And and so, um, but he has a huge following. Mm-hmm. He has all of that. Grant Cardone tweets 36 times a day. So that's mm-hmm. every three times an hour. Right. Now, is that original content no. or does that include retweeting? Uh I, well, I don't know. I don't okay. know about that. So, so that is a, is a question to ask, but I do know having then like watched them, mm-hmm. the thing is, and I'm so glad you said it's not that hard to do. I use buffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love buffer and the reason right. there's, there's two d- different predominant schedule your stuff, um, services that I think are big in the marketplace that people might have heard of. One is Hootsuite and one is mm-hmm. Buffer. Right. And I'm I'm with you. I use Buffer, but I've I'm familiar with Hootsuite. Right. Well the reason I like Buffer is you can shuffle it. That's the only yes. one of the only reasons why I do it. But what happens is because I'm interested in marketing or I'm interested in all these things, anytime I see something that I even remotely like, I put it in Buffer. So I am now tweeting twelve times a day. Okay. And I thought at first the same thing that you might out there in TV land going, wow, that seems like a lot of content to find. Um, it's not once you get it filled up. And right. I I spend so like I'll find a, a link on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I just click into the post and then I throw it in my buffer. I'll get yep. a newsletter and I throw it in my buffer. Uh, you know, I'll see you post something that's interesting. I'll throw it in my buffer. So it's not, it's not overwhelming when you do it that way. Right. Well, and we all look at quite a few articles. I shouldn't say we all, many people look at, you know, quite a few articles during the day. And I love the articles that, you know, so maybe it's a Huffington Post article. And and I don't know if they've done this or not, but I think they might, where they'll pull out quotes in the article that are tweetable and they automate. So all you have to do is click the little Twitter button and away it goes. Um, you know, and, and I love posts like that because not only was it great for that article, but then there's like four or five or six or 10 additional things that you can be tweeting. Exactly. It's not, once you have your ears up and you're looking for stuff, mm-hmm. it becomes a lot I think when you first start, it it just feels like work. Mm-hmm. And then once you start really enjoying content, because I use um, a lot of people used to use Google Reader mm-hmm. to to follow blogs. I use Blogloven, which is just kind of a silly name, B L O G L O V I N G dot com. But anytime I find a really cool marketing blog, I put it in there. And then when I need to, like, say I, I I haven't, I've been on vacation or something like that. Right. And I have to find a whole bunch of them at once. I just go there and then I tweet a whole bunch of stuff. I make sure to, so one thing that, that I think people feel a little hesitant about is I also tweet my back list 
of blog posts because I've had a blog for eight years now. So I have a lot of relevant content Mm -hmm. and I make sure to share that. Um, I use, uh, oh, we should talk about special characters, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but I make sure to tell people it's a blog post. I make say an archive post, Mm -hmm. um, or something like that. So, so if you even have a little bit of content, uh, Chris Brogan said that it's 12 to 1, 12 other people's stuff to one of yours. Okay. I probably have, I I know it's well over 2 to 1, so I probably mm-hmm. do 5 to 1 other people's mm-hmm. stuff and then share my stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you mentioned blog content and, and then Jeff Bulis because typically he writes a lot, and, and he also reposts a lot of his things. But the cool thing about him, he frequently does lists. So he'll say, you know, the top five things that you should be doing on Twitter or, you know, things like, so that's six posts right there because that's one post of the entire post. And then it's five things for the top five things. And, and that's one of the things people should keep in mind when they're thinking about content is it's not just, Hey, here's my blog post. It's what can you pull out of it? Oh yeah. And then quotes are amazing. It's so funny. Quotes on every, well, three of them. So Pinterest, Facebook, and Twitter, mm-hmm. if you're doing quotes, then you are going to attract people. People love them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I collect quotes anyways. I get Brian Tracy's email every day, and he has a quote of the day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just collect them. I have a page on my Pinterest where I collect quotes. And so if, if, you, you, know, if you don't want to have to do that huge research and you're a quote fiend like I am, uh-huh. then you can just, you know, intersperse a good portion of them with quotes and you would have a, a successful Twitter account. Very cool. You know, and, and it's funny because there's, there's so much different content that's out there on Twitter. And I think a lot of the bad press that people got was when Twitter first started and people did the, here's what I'm having for lunch tweets. And so they thought, well, that's a waste of time. Why should I be on there? Because I don't care what somebody had for lunch. And I still remember talking with Joel Calm. And actually, this was in his book. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have him on uh, the program a couple of times as a guest. But one of his tweets that he did, and this was quite a long time ago, was a food tweet. But his concept is you get people engaged in conversations. So he said, I'm having a donut. It's chocolate covered, whatever. What is is your favorite donut. And he said he was inundated with people who responded. So it wasn't just, here's what I'm eating. It got people involved in conversation. So, you know, that's a great thing to be able to tweet. And I'm not saying about food, but, you know, here's a book I'm reading. What's your favorite book? You know, it can be as silly as what TV show is your favorite, but it's it's all about getting that conversation going. Well, I have to tell you, I tweet about my food. Um, because I use Instagram. Okay. And I love Instagram because, um, I take pictures. I wish Instagram would show the pictures on the Twitter because we'll talk about pictures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, but I, I, if I'm having a meeting with somebody or I'm somewhere, you can use the hashtags in addition to, because Joel is great at talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get people to notice me and know where I live and know what I do. And so I will tweet. Um, so I've had the most delicious um, Indian food mm-hmm. in uh, 
Lafayette, Lafayette. Oh yeah. Lafayette mm-hmm. Longmont. One of those, um, the other day. And so I of course tweeted it, but then I put the hashtag La- Longmont or Lafayette and all of those things help people to understand where you are and what right. you're doing and what you like. And, um, people like food porn. I mean, mm-hmm. um, that's what they call it. And, right. and Pinterest, it works. Pinterest has shown that, that, that is something that people really like to see. And I think that the, the whole hysterical, nobody wants to see what you're eating is kind of gone now because I think maybe at the time it was when, when Twitter started, I think it started in 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very consumer driven. We were very right. into companies and corporations and moving jobs overseas and your house was your cash machine and 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 very very focused that way. And and in the intervening years people have decided that that companies are not the greatest thing in the world and that human beings really do matter. Mhm. And so when you can show that you're a fully rounded human being, where you can show you go um, on a walk, uh, Joel does walking with Joel. Right. And that is so cute. And, and I really like to see that. Um, I don't know if you're following the new social media network Meerkat. Um, I saw that he was doing some stuff with that. Yeah. So I've been on it. And, and it's funny because, oh, this is so sad. So the Jonas Brothers is a little pop boy pop band that my uh-huh. daughter listens to. Mm-hmm. But but Kevin Jonas is an entrepreneur, right? right. He was on uh, Celebrity Apprentice and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he he joined Meerkat and and he's he's talking about his career and things like that. Um, Caleb Wojak was on there, and oh my gosh, he had um, three other guys in the car that were like they had been on a super high level mastermind weekend that you would never like they would never invite us right Mm -hmm. right (laughs) um but they showed it and it was all through twitter so Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why twitter is so cool is because it has what's called and this is so technical but don't be nervous about it it has an open api meaning that twitter likes when people make programs that work on it yes right So they love that Instagram posts to it. They love that Meerkat is kind of laying on top of Twitter and loving on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I think that that's one of the, the things that got baked in was that, that it's easy for humans to use and it's easy for you to share your life in a way that's a little bit, I find really personal, like I see really personal things on there that mm-hmm. people are proud of, you know, they're getting ready to go out on stage and speak and they're, they're tweeting because they know that the people that, that actually like them and talk to them might give them a little bit of, of a, of a boost and give them a go team where mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that immediate response on like a Facebook and it definitely right. isn't on a Pinterest. Right. Well, and, you know, that kind of brings up, that's the one of the times when I really use Twitter a lot is conferences, oh my you know, and, 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 and I look for the speaker and I, you know, I certainly look for the hashtag and we'll talk about hashtags in, in just a moment, but 
that is one of the things where I always you you know go back to Twitter. Now, part of it is because I can easily tweet from my phone while I'm sitting there at the conference, and it's not very distracting and and some things like that. But I also kind of use it as an archive. So maybe somebody I went to a conference called Inbound Marketing Atlanta. And the speakers were fabulous. And, and so one speaker would put a slide up and it was something that I really wanted to remember. So what do I do? I take a picture of it and then I tweet it. So because I'm thinking, well, you know, if, if I think it's great, the whole world must think it's great, too. But then that gave me an archive to go back and, and look at later. You know, now granted, I still had the photo, but there was just something about putting it in Twitter. And of course, what I did was I included the hashtag for the conference. So, you know, tell us what a hashtag is because they started in Twitter. They've crept into some other areas, definitely Instagram. But, you know, they've crept into Google Plus and into to Facebook. But what the heck is a hashtag besides the pound symbol? Okay, so hashtags are probably one of the most powerful things. And, and you're right. It is on Instagram. It's very big on Instagram. It's also on Pinterest. Mm. If you do any kind of Pinterest advertising, they don't like you to use them. Um, but, but just for normal Pinterest posts, it's wonderful. Um, what it is, is you put the pound sign before something. Okay. So I, and, and the other half of it is you really want to think about your industry and then also the industry you serve. So I'll give you an example. I will always put, or a lot of times put pound sign marketing. Mm -hmm. So that shows that my tweet is about the marketing industry. Okay. I'm sure you use pound sign social media. A lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's wonderful. People who are looking for marketing or who are looking for, um, you know, help in your industry are, are looking for that. The cool thing is, is when you turn that lens around the other way, and you look at what your customers would be looking for. So I do a lot of work with realtors, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of work with authors. So I will put pound sign real estate. I'll put pound sign realtors. I'll put mm-hmm. pound sign am writing, A-M-W-R-I-T-I-N-G, which is something that the authors put when they're talking about their work. Okay. And so what you want to do is in your industry, you want to figure out, what people would be looking for who are kind of inside your industry, inside baseball. And then you also want to look at what your market does. So do you have any industries you serve, Deb? I work in financial services, which gets a little weird with, yeah, because they're, they're regulated. But typically the hashtag that I use when I use one is social media or, like I said, a conference one, you know, some things like that. Well, you could look at, so, um, so you could look at, so there's the financial industry. I'm looking it up mm-hmm. real quick on 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 Twitter. So right. there's a pound sign valuation. Ooh. And, and I have to think that that is going to be something that would mm-hmm. be really neat. Right. There's one that's deal flow, which I don't know what that is. I don't mm-hmm. work with the financial industry mm-hmm. at all. Um, you could use t- uh, this time of year, pound sign taxes. Right, right. That type of thing. Because what's happening, and, and it's very easy when you're outside of Twitter or you don't really know about hashtags to think, um, well, I don't use them, so other people don't use them. I think that that's, um, I think 
and I do that with other things, right? Mm -hmm. But I do know that with hashtags, people that love hashtags love hashtags. Right. And they have searches based on it. And the other thing, Deb, is that that because Twitter allows people to build things, there's um, all different kinds of websites that use hashtags. So there's a website called Paperly, P-A-P-E-R dot L-I, not mm -hmm. dot com, just Paperly. And what they do is they go and they aggregate all the posts on Twitter that have different hashtags, and then they share content with, they have hundreds and thousands of people who put out these newspapers. Mm -hmm. And so right. if you use, so like if I use a writing hashtag mm -hmm. and somebody has a writing paper, there's a chance that even though they don't know who I am, my hashtagged post will get shared with mm -hmm. that service. Right. Well, and for people who aren't familiar with hashtags and, and are thinking, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what that pound symbol means. It, it, you, you said the key word, it aggregates. So it puts them all into one list, maybe is, is the easiest way to think about that. So you can search in Twitter for that hashtag and then you find every tweet and it's not just the people that you are connected with. You find every tweet, correct? Amen, that, sister. Yes, that has that hashtag. So that has social media or has marketing or, you know, has, has whatever your industry is. And one of the cool things that I always tell my clients is to look for what's trending. So that's kind of what's hot, you know, what's, what's going on on Twitter today or, or actually, you know, in this five minutes. Um, because trending tends to, to change fairly quickly, but... Maybe you are a, an, an industry that that can serve something that is trending. You know, now you have to be very careful with it to oh, make okay. sure that you know you, that you're not leaping in and, and maybe it was something bad. You know, one of my favorite stories, and and maybe I shouldn't say favorite, maybe one of my bad examples is right after I moved to uh, um, Atlanta from Denver, the shootings happened at the Aurora Movie Theater, and so what was trending on Twitter was hashtag Aurora. A long story short, there is a clothing company in um, England that it's the, the name is Aurora and, and who is one of their designers or one of their featured tags, but Kim Kardashian. And so, you know, this clothing company without researching it just sees that Aurora is trending and they leap in with, Hey, Kim Kardashian has a new line of clothes and blah, 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 blah. blah. And of course then realized, Holy cow, we have messed up bad. And, you know, and, and so they, they actually did good. They, they made a big donation and, you know, some things like that to the, the victim fund, but research why something is trending before you leap in. But, you know, I mentioned conferences. I always look for the hashtag that is the conference and then I follow it throughout the whole day. And then what do I do? I follow every single person that has used that hashtag during the conference because we're sitting in the same room or, you know, in the, the same area. And then it's really fun because at the break you walk up like, oh, hey, I just saw you on Twitter. And, and so it's, it gives you right there a connection with those people. And I love it because you never know, you know, you might have missed that great quote or that great thing that somebody said, or maybe you've got several sessions going on at once. And, you, you know, you can obviously only be in one place at one time. But you can look at the tweets that, that are, are posted about the conference for other sessions and get the important information that way, too. Well, I think, I think Deb, that the, the thing that stops people, because I talk about hashtags a lot, probably more than normal people talk about them, um, 
is that they don't understand how to figure them out, mm -hmm. right? So there's a couple of things that, that you can do. So the very first one is to do a search just for your industry. Like I just went to search the search bar on Twitter and mm -hmm. I searched financial. And then I looked at the tweets that were there. Okay. And I found a couple of hashtags. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's going to give you your very first step. And I knew nothing about it because I don't tweet for anybody who does the financial industry. Mm -hmm. So then there's the most amazing tool. It's called Hashtagify Me. Ooh. And it's, I'll spell it. Hashtag, H-A-S-T-A-G-I-F-Y dot M-E. No mm -hmm. dot com. Seems like every tool I use doesn't have a dot com. I know. I know. Um, what that does is it's the neatest thing. So say you find out it's taxes, right? Mm -hmm. You put taxes in the middle and then it makes this spider thing and shows all of the hashtags that are similar to taxes. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of follow it down a little bunny trail because you may find out that taxes is really like people yelling at the government, right? Right, right. You may not get anywhere with that. But you may find that um, the actual hashtag you want is corporate taxes or right. tax shelters or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And so for whatever industry you're in, you can absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. The other thing about hashtags that I find kind of cool, and, and this is this kind of like you're riding the wave. Mine's a little, um, just be careful with it. All the time people ask me if they can make a hashtag. And any mm -hmm. human being in the whole world can make a hashtag. Right. You okay. could just say hashtag yellow cup. Exactly. <laughs> And then if you if you use it enough, then people will notice it. But what I do is like for my author marketing, I noticed that nobody was using a hashtag selling books. Oh. And so I started putting hashtag selling books and hashtag mm -hmm. selling books and I put it across everything. Now, it's not catching on that much. I've seen a couple other people use it. But mm -hmm. what happens is when somebody comes to my Twitter and they see a post that's and they're probably an author, right? Because otherwise, mm -hmm. why they would why would they be reading that kind of post? And they see that selling books hashtag when they click on that link, then they can see all my other posts. Right. About so selling it, books. It's like they went to the filing cabinet drawer and pulled out the file that had everything that, that you had ever written about it. Exactly. It's so fun. Well, and you mentioned that, you know, people can make up their own hashtags and they really can. And, and, but I think that's one of those things that drives me nuts is the people who make everything into a hashtag. I'm like, really? Not uh, so much. <laughs> I do it a little bit. <laughs> Well, and you know, it's and I think maybe when it drives me the the nuttiest, nuttier, whatever it would be, is when posts are automated into Facebook, and in particular, it's when someone's Instagram comes in, oh. and people really use and you and I'm not on Instagram, so you know, it's one of those things that I'm just kind of peripherally aware of, but I know they that, that in in one Instagram you can have a lot of hashtags because right. you're describing the photo and, you know, and, and all of these various things. And, and so I counted one time on somebody's Facebook post because they had pulled Twitter in. It had 20 hashtag terms and that was all it was. And the problem was for people who aren't familiar with hashtags, they had absolutely no idea what it was. 
Right. Or, you know, the people who will insert a hashtag in the middle of a sentence. So, you know, like they might be, you know, we could do, you know, talking social media today and do, you know, talking hashtag social media today. Well, that's okay if you know what that means. But for the people who are, you know, hashtag virgins, they look at it and think, well, that's a typo. You know, and, and so it's, it, it is, it can be a little tricky to, to be using it. Well, I also think it depends on, um, you know, in, in jab, 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 right hook, Gary Vaynerchuk was very clear. And if you're following his new, um, uh, video b- blog series, uh, oh shoot, I don't know what it's called. Um, oh, and I drew a blank also. Okay. So we'll figure it out. Put it in the show yes. notes cause it's awesome. Um, <laughs> But but he's very specific that you need to figure out each platform and then post the right way for the right. platform. So mm-hmm. 20, 20 hashtags in Instagram is normal. Well, it's not normal. It's, it's still a lot, but it's accepted. Right. 20 hashtags in Twitter, you wouldn't be able to have. Yeah, you, it's, it's too long. Right. Um, and then 20 to hashtags in Facebook is ab- an abomination. Like somebody's right. going to see that and think you are nothing but a spammer mm-hmm. and, and do all that. So I think right. that it's super important to figure out what platform you're using and how the people on and to be respectful mm-hmm. of the people who really do use that platform. Because, you know, I... I love Twitter and it's funny because there's there's times when I will put stuff in the Facebook because it's not my primary one. Mm-hmm. But I'll also see people whose Twitter, I'll get all excited. I'm like, oh, he's on Twitter and I'll go to his account and all it is is a stream of Facebook pass-through posts. Right. Well, and, and that you're so right. And when I train people, that's what I tell them because we got uh, – it wasn't spoiled. We we all picked up that habit there for a while of using things like Hootsuite and Buffer app and and just sending it automatically to all of them. And and what people don't realize is we're on all of those platforms for different reasons. You know, we're on Twitter for kind of that short, quick information. We're on Facebook f- to be entertained. We're on LinkedIn for business. And so what I advise people is, you know, maybe you're doing a, a, a you know, you want to share an article. And you want to share it on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Take the time and write a post for each one. You know, it's it really isn't going to take you that much longer. But as as you were saying, personalize it for why people are there. Because, you know, is, say it pulls it into link. You know, you've you've pulled a Twitter post into LinkedIn, and it's got all those hashtags. That looks even worse. Um, so you know, just take the couple little extra seconds because then you really can say a little bit more about it. You know, you'll bring in the entertainment feature of the article for Facebook. You'll have the more business-focused thing in in LinkedIn, and and it, it comes back to exactly what you said. It's respect for why people are there. It's true, and th- so the last thing I want to make sure for your peeps that we talk about. Um, in addition to, so hashtags is probably one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. And then the other most important thing is making lists. Okay. I love lists. I love lists. So what, what I do with lists. So in Twitter you can, and it's a little kind of tiny bit hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to, to your person, there's, there's all these really nice, well, I guess if you're on your, on your laptop, you're okay. Um, But you can make lists of different types of people. So as I told you, I I work with authors. So I have a list of 
Mm-hmm. I think I call them artists. I have a list of realtors. And then I have a list of people that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. And those people are the people I'm a fangirl for, right? And the reason why that list is so powerful is say you're courting. Um, oh, so let's use Atlanta since you're there. Okay. Say you're courting businesses in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Well, you can go to the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce and follow the people that are there and put them mm-hmm. on an Atlanta business list. And then you can go to the Atlanta, you know, um, I'm trying to think of one of the networking groups. So an Atlanta networking group mm-hmm. and find out the people who are there, not necessarily the businesses. And then you have a list of people from Atlanta who are your target demographic. And then every day when you check into Twitter, because I, I check into Twitter every day. Mm-hmm. And so I come in, the very first thing I do is I check my notifications, which is people that are talking to me. And then I go and I follow 100 people. And then I go to that list and I see what the people that are important to me have posted. Mm-hmm. And every day I retweet two of their things. Cool. Not well, that. and a list is just a filter. It you is know, a it, filter. It, it makes it so easy because there is so much content. Oh my gosh. I mean, for people who think Facebook has a lot of content, oh, <laughs> it goes slow compared to Twitter. Right. So what I try to do is I won't retweet two of the same person's things. Mm-hmm. I'll try to mix it up because you really are helping them. Right. Right. You're, you're taking and sharing your list, your Twitter list of followers mm-hmm. with them and sharing their content. Mm-hmm. And Twitter has some of the same, Twitter will show you everything. I think that there was talk for a while that they were going to um, not show everything. I think they're still showing everything, but they, but they really do care about whether it's, you know, more shared, you're helping somebody by giving them a favorite, you're mm-hmm. helping them a little bit more by retweeting it, you help them by making a comment. Um, so it truly is a nice thing to do to interact with somebody's post. Right. Well, and the other cool thing about lists is I can go to your your uh, Twitter page and look at your lists. Now, I believe you can make can you make lists private so other people can't see them? Oh yeah. Okay, but I can look at your public lists. So maybe you've got one that is Denver business people, and so you've got a public list. I can go and look at that list and follow those people also. And so it's that that's actually how I got started on Twitter because, you know, I was like, well, who am I supposed to follow? I found lists that other people had made and I started following those people. And then it really was kind of like that, the baseball thing. If you build it, they will come. You know, you, if you start really using Twitter, you will gain people. And I gain people every day when I'm not on it. So just think what would happen if, you know, I really used it a lot. Imagine that. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, now speaking of using it a lot, Twitter, you can do advertising on, and that is something I have not tried at all. So talk to us about Twitter ads. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So how much uh, engagement do you think I'm paying on Twitter? For you, I don't think you pay at all. Well, no, for my paid ads. So oh, I, your paid ads? I have a paid ad that's promoting mm-hmm. one of my blog posts because I have a pop-up on my blog. So if you okay. come to my blog... You're going to see my pop-up, and I have a chance of getting you on my list. Okay. So I have a campaign running. 
um, mm -hmm. that has 1,900 impressions, 342 clicks. Wow. And that's a 17.94% click-through rate. They mm -hmm. really like that one. And mm -hmm. guess how much I'm paying a click? I bet you're paying about a nickel a click. Two cents. Oh, so for people who are thinking, oh my gosh, this is expensive, two cents, people, two cents. Two cents a click on new ads. So there's a couple little tricks with the Twitter ads. First off, that is my only ad <laughs> that mm -hmm. has lasted, okay? With Twitter ads, you want to think of it with the same shelf life as your tweet might have. Okay. So when I put, when I put out a new blog post, I make a tiny little Twitter um ad for it. I make sure I include the picture because the picture is like like upload the picture to the Twitter ad. Mm -hmm. That's really that's the delta that really changes it. And then I let it run for about a week and okay. and it'll just die on its own. Like they mm -hmm. just they they peter out. Okay. For whatever reason. Um so it's it's really really cool what you can do with it. So I'll give you a couple of examples of stuff I'm doing. So I do some affiliate marketing. Okay. Um, and so I have one that's doing really well. There's a, a program for if you're an author um, that, that does, like I am like a kid in the candy store with it. When you're an author, you want to research the uh, Amazon um, categories. Mm -hmm. And it really does take me between an hour to two hours to research one category. Right? Okay. I found a program that's like, I don't know, $37 or something mm -hmm. that literally you can do that in 30 seconds. Wow. So as an author myself, I'm like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever done. So I, of course, signed up as an affiliate mm -hmm. and I made a little, um, a little post on my blog and then I'm promoting it. Okay. okay. So I'm getting seven cents per click on that one. But I have a mm -hmm. chance to make some money. So the things that could happen with this post, Deb, are I could get a follower on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I could Because I've posted something that they find interesting. Right. I could get somebody to my blog, which I have a pop-up, so they could join my email list. And then once they're there, if they find that, that um, tool to be handy, they could buy the affiliate program. Mm -hmm. affiliate offer. So the reason why I just love Twitter so much is the ad interface is super good. And then I can do it. I can do the, the advertising in a number of different ways. I can do it by those hashtags. Okay. So if somebody's doing an am writing hashtag, they're a writer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I can talk. That's how I targeted those ones. I can do it from the followers of a person. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if, if, if I was going to be, um, I might promote your show. I promote a lot of things that are because they're two set. Like I did Google ads years ago when they were two cents. Mm -hmm. And since then I have never seen anything like this and I'm not a affiliate for Twitter marketing or anything like that. But just the fact that I could promote your show when I'm, you know, when I'm going to be coming on and and, mm -hmm. freeze and let them know it's going to be Monday morning, you need to show up, you need to listen. I would totally do that for a week. And if it's going to cost me a couple of dollars. Cool. Um, so it's very, very neat. Now, 
in I've done some some Facebook advertising and in there you pick your demographics you set your maximum budget um, how does it work in Twitter do you say you know, like you mentioned a hashtag so it could you you could do that can you can you be very specific so that it, your uh, Twitter ad is only showing up to people in say a certain zip code or um, you know, it, it, it's funny, people, they enter different things in, in Twitter than they do in other things. So it's kind of hard to, to find some demographics. But how is it targeted or does it just show up to anybody? No, you can do. Um, and, and I tend to do English speaking countries. So I think Makes I Makes sense. Yeah, I think I have some really good results. There's like seven of them that are mm -hmm. all English speaking. But I tend to do the United Kingdom, which includes okay. Scotland and England and Wales and, and Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, Australia and the United States. I sell national things. For you, you could definitely, and I don't know if they go down to the city level, but I know they, that you could definitely do hashtag Denver. Okay. Now you will get, don't forget though, you will get some people who are just visiting Denver, mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of a, you know, best case scenario. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's, so I did, like I said, I did a Facebook ad this morning and I got, I guess, 800,000 people. Mm -hmm. um, you can get millions of people on Twitter and you kind of want that because Facebook, it's going to show up in your feed competing with, what would you say, maybe 20 other posts? Right, at okay. least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, on Twitter, it's going to be competing. I, I just switched over here for one second, and I had like 1,400 posts that right. had happened. In just you know, a, a very short period of time. In under an hour. So, mm -hmm. so you really do want to have really big numbers when you're, when you're doing it. You, you, you can't really do that. Now you can target, you can upload your own list mm -hmm. the same way as you can with, um, Facebook okay. and then just start and it works exactly the same way. So they're mm -hmm. going to be basing it on the email address that the person used to sign up with Twitter. The Very same cool. way as your custom mm -hmm. audience is in Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you're doing any sort of advertising on Facebook, I did a Pinterest ad. I finally got one approved. Oh. <laughs> they are very strict. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you're doing any of the ads and you have a feeling, I would almost honestly check your ad content in Twitter mm -hmm. and then and split test it because it's very fast and it's very like they flame out fast. Mm -hmm. um, so you could get a really good idea of which which creative works. And then I would go to Facebook because I, you know, I like Facebook and all, um, but I always go into the ad manager. Mm -hmm. And so because there are so many more choices, I think it does take right. a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. um, the Facebook, the, the Twitter ads that I make may take me five minutes. Cool. Yeah. You know, and, and it, we're talking, you know, it's it's not a lot of money, obviously, and obviously not a lot of time, but there can be some major benefits to it, um, you know, because you're reaching out to people that had a specific interest. Um, now, you know, I can always tell on, on Twitter with the advertising that it was, you know, something very general, like cookies or coffee or, or something like that. It's probably just going to appear to everybody, but you really can get pretty targeted, which, you know... It, it, Long gone are the days where we did advertising 
and and we really did want to reach everybody. We want to get it down to a different market. Um, you know, it's I I always kind of marvel at the people who are still doing uh, television advertising and newspaper advertising because you know, say it's the big two page spread for furniture. Well, ninety percent or more of the people who get that ad, they could care less. And but say you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook and it's somebody who has been looking for furniture or posting about it or you know all these various things, that's a a captive audience, right? And then once you add the hashtags, you know it's somebody who's savvy enough about that platform mm-hmm. to be able to talk to them in the way that they're used to being talked to, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I I just love it. I think that that um that that if you're you so so I do have one last thing that I have mm-hmm. to tell you guys about. Oh, oh of course, company, company, uh, right? We <laughs> finally had to speak up. Come here, please. Um, so so people go and look at your Twitter stream where all the posts are, and see if you notice the ones with pictures. Because I will tell you, yes, far and away, and you want to use the native platform to upload them or in Buffer, you can push that little picture button Mm -hmm. and and upload a picture. It makes, but don't do it for everyone. Like this is not Facebook. So you want the majority of your tweets to be picture free. Mm -hmm. And then your important tweets that you want people to notice to have that picture. Mm -hmm. And it makes a tremendous difference in the retweets, it makes a tremendous difference in the stars, the favorites you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that that the impression I'm getting is it's sort of it's it's sort of a crapshoot. I can send out a tweet about a blog post and get nobody, mm-hmm. you know. And it's no matter what time of day it is, no matter what's going on, I can get nobody. And then I can send out that exact same tweet and I just happen to hit the right person at the right time mm-hmm. and they retweet it to their 80,000 followers or they they start or whatever and it goes crazy. So mm-hmm. don't be sad if you tweet and you don't get that same level of response you might be used to on Facebook. Right. I think that's the reason why the tweeting so much works so much better because you're giving all your little seeds a chance to grow. Well, and it's perfectly okay to say the same thing. Um, you know, maybe you, you set a post at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. Well, then at 3 p.m., you can say the same thing because more than likely, it's not the same people who are going to see it. No. You know, and, and, and it's funny because one of the things you mentioned was time of day. You know, and and I've seen it start dropping off. I mean, this was the big thing for quite a long time is when is the right time that I should post? And everybody did studies and they still do, you know, and all these various things. To me, it means nothing because, you know, I I like the ones that say now everybody is on Facebook between 9 and 10 p.m. So that's when you should be on Facebook. Well, if everybody's there, I'm going to get lost in the clutter. You know, I want to be there when, when not as many people are there. And, and the same thing with Twitter. If, you know, if, if lunchtime in your area is when a lot of people are, are, you know, on Twitter, well, you don't want to be there. You know, that's, that's when you really are lost in the clutter. So, you know, experiment, find when the best times are. And if you've got something, it, like I said, send it out more than once. 
Right. And the other half of that to me is if you're sending out one precious tweet at 1205 because you're trying to reach that perfect audience that's sitting there waiting for it, that's insane on right. any of them. Mm-hmm. If you're, because I am random, mm-hmm. like I do lots of stuff all the time and I don't worry about whether it goes, and this goes for my blog posts and everything. Like Mm -hmm. I have the best intentions to publish my blog posts early, Mm -hmm. but life happens. Right. And a blog post published at three o'clock in the afternoon will get much better results than a blog post never published because it Mm -hmm. wasn't the right time. Right. Well, Tara, we have just a little bit of time left. So before we go, First of all, you have to tell people how to find you and what it is that that your business does. Well, I'm on marketingartfully.com. So it's marketing the pretty way. M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G-A-R-T-F-U-L-L-Y. And that's my hub and everything's there. I'm a marketing speaker and I'm an author. So I have a bunch of books out about marketing. I have one about Twitter. Um, Yeah, I know. And and then I coach. So I help Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, do their marketing. I know that you and I both do some work for people. I do. Um, I don't do much work at all for for people that aren't personal friends or or absolutely people I adore. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my big thing is helping people with their strategy, how to plan an actual marketing strategy. And I know that that's your focus too, mm-hmm. um, rather than just follow, you know, chase the whims of the market and try to figure everything out. And then really making sure that because Twitter, even though we've just spent an hour talking about it and it's great for our industries, if you're a podiatrist, it may or may not be the best industry to be in, uh, the best website to be on. Um, so, so I think that, that it is so vital that you figure out you know, where your audience is mm-hmm. and and where you can get the best benefit. Right. And it might be that you use it more for personal use, you know, or, or the same thing with Facebook. Maybe the people you're trying to reach are on LinkedIn, but you're on Facebook so you can see the pictures of your, your grandkids and, you know, your high school classmates and, and all of those things. The, the important thing is to not feel like you have to be everywhere. You know, it's better to be on just one or two and do a good job at it than to spread yourself so thin that nothing really works. I I can't agree more because I do Twitter and I do um, Instagram Mm -hmm. and I do a teeny bit of Pinterest, but mostly that's personal. I know recipes. I get recipes from Pinterest. I do paper crafting. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, but, you know, I have huge followings on LinkedIn, but I don't love it. And right. so I'll have people that come to me in tears going, I don't like Facebook. And and I'm like, well, then don't do it. Then don't be there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I saw the, the joke the other day where, you know, the guy goes to his doctor and says, well, doctor, it hurts when I do this. And the doctor says, then don't do that. Right. So, so I cool. think there has to be one that you can fall in love with. And I think, you know, give them, give them a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, because I hated Pinterest at first. I didn't get it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. um, I know. So. Cool. Well, Tara, one last time, tell us how they find you. Well, you can go to marketingartfully.com 
and all of my stuff is there. And I'm Pterodactyl on Twitter, T-A-R-A-D-A-C-T-Y-L, just like the flying dinosaur. Cool, cool. I love it. Well, this has been fabulous, and I can't wait to talk more Twitter with you because, like you said, we could talk about this forever. So I'm going to dip my toes. I'm going to get back in the Twitter pool, and then I'm going to talk to you again so you can tell me what I need to do better. Yay! Yay, yay! Well, thank you, and to everyone, have an absolutely fabulous day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.